This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I am your host, Ty Brown of TyTheDogGuy.com. And this is the show where we help you start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure per year or more profit. And so today is, if you've listened to the show, you know that sometimes I interview somebody and sometimes I go off on a topic on my own. And today, I'm going to go off on a topic of my own. And I'm calling this one, Are You Working to Avoid Work? Too many folks are out there doing so much stuff that has nothing to do with their business, but they're feeling busy and it's causing them some problems. So, stay right with us. I will be right back. Do you own a pet care business? Do you need help training and retaining your staff? Fetch Find Monthly Pro is the perfect platform for you. Fetch Find Monthly Pro is a monthly subscription with unlimited users, no contracts, and fresh content every week. With increased employee engagement, higher customer satisfaction, and lower risk and liability, Fetch Find Monthly Pro pays for itself. And you can completely customize the training materials based on your company's needs. Head over to www.fetchfind.com to learn more and subscribe today. That's F-E-T-C-H-F-I-N-D.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, we're back. Let me ask you a question. Are you working to avoid work? Now, some people are going to hear that and be immediately confused, like, I have no idea what that means. How do you work to avoid work? And some people, it's going to immediately resonate with you because you know And you know, you know if I'm talking to you, you know down in the depth of who you are that there is so many times that you are doing work that you're like, I don't need to be doing this work. This work is pointless. This work is stupid. And you know who you are. You know this happens. For those that don't know this happens, what I'm talking about is work that's getting in the way of work that's going to be productive. Because as you may or may not know, you could spend 20 hours a day working and do nothing of meaning, and do nothing that produces anything, you know, or, or do nothing that's that's very meaningful for your business. Totally possible, and people do it all the time. And oftentimes, people seek out this type of work because they don't know the work that they should be doing, or they're afraid of the work that they should be doing, and so they seek out the work that is easier to do. Let me give you some examples, because these are things that I see oftentimes on dog training you know, boards, on dog walking or pet sitting, like message boards, Facebook boards, groups. That's the word I'm looking for on on Facebook groups. In fact, let me go before that. You know, organizing could be one of those things. There's nothing wrong with organizing. You could organize your closets and your garage and stuff like that. That's a good thing. But oftentimes people do that in order to avoid work. You know, cleaning out their inbox, you know, cleaning this, cleaning that. You know, oftentimes, again, things need to be cleaned, but oftentimes that's work to avoid work. Now, the stuff that I see time and time again on these Facebook groups, again, dog walkers, pet sitters, dog trainers, etc., is, you know, kind of has to do with, like, setting up the business. And so, for example, one thing that I see oftentimes is like, hey, I'm, I'm getting started in business. I, 
I need business cards. I'm going to spend this money on this designer and that designer. And I need a logo in order to do that. You know, it's probably, you know, I know it's going to cost several hundred dollars to do this. Who should I use? Blah, blah, blah. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with business cards, but business cards don't bring business hardly ever. You know, you could probably count on your hand the times that a business card ended in a transaction being made. A business card and getting it designed and getting it ready to go is one of these things that takes time and it takes time away from stuff that you could be doing that's productive. So for example, my business got to over a million dollar business per year before we ever had like consistently business cards. You know, I think once or twice before I had made some business cards or something like that, but I I never kept business cards consistently around. We have them around now because sometimes it's just easier. I can staple that to one of the sheets instead of like writing down a phone number. And so I'm not even using business cards to try to get business. It's just an easy way to have a phone number stapled to a sheet, for example. But people are putting so much attention and so much time. You know, someone could easily put 10 hours of time into a business card. I sold millions and millions because like I said, I got to a million dollar business and I think I was in my 10th year of business. So millions of dollars of sales before I ever started like keeping business cards around. Again, I'm going to say this probably a lot in this this episode, so please forgive me, but strike a balance because there is nothing wrong with a business card. Having a business card is fine. What's wrong is if doing that is getting in the way of what you should be doing. I'm going to talk later about stuff that, you know, is more of a should. What's another one? Brochures. You know, on all of these boards, people are like, oh, what should I put on my brochure and this, that, and the other? Should I do this? Should I do this? Brochures almost never end in business. You could put your brochure at a million vet's offices. That's not what will get you business from a vet's office. It's the vet recommending you that's going to get you the business. You know, the vet recommending and saying, hey, here's these guys. Oh, and we happen to have a brochure. Again, we're a million dollar business. We have no relationships with vets. None. I don't know any vets. I've taken my dogs to a handful of vets over the years, but they have no idea who I am, don't know my name. I have no relationships with vets and we get referrals from vets all the time. So our cards aren't anywhere. Our brochures aren't anywhere. And again, there's nothing wrong with this. In fact, I'm starting finally to put together some stuff that we're going to take out to veterinary offices. But why didn't I do it before? I didn't do it before because there's no purpose. I mean, not that there's no purpose. It's just my time is spent so many places, time is spent better so many other places that I never put together brochures or flyers because, again, how often does that actually turn into business? And again, somebody listening to this is going to be like, oh, no, I've had, you know, people all the time tell me that they found my brochure and and they buy it from me. I don't buy it, number one. Think about the last time you bought something from a brochure. Like, I'm sure it happens. I don't think I ever have. You know, and I, you know, I'll go to trade shows or I'll go to festivals or I'll go to fairs and I pick up a million brochures and I'm like, oh, this is a cool product or this is a cool service. Let me grab that brochure. And it never turns into me buying something because I end up throwing them away. And I don't think about it beyond that moment that I'm excited to see a cool product or something like that. And so has it happened that someone picks up a brochure because they're so excited like I have been? And they're more motivated and they turn into a dog training or a pet sitting or a dog walking customer. Yeah, that's happened. But how much time and money can you spend doing that that could be better spent elsewhere if you're trying to start or grow your business? Same thing with t-shirts. Nobody ever buys dog services because they saw a t-shirt. Again, I know someone's going to say, I was wearing my t-shirt and somebody came up to me in public and I ended up selling them as a client. It happens. But not enough to put in a ton of effort. We, again, we were a million dollar business before we had any t-shirts. So I'm looking at these things from my perspective. I'm not saying stop doing t-shirts, stop doing brochures, stop doing business cards when I'm saying, hey, look how big we got without them. I'm just saying, look how big we got without them, that they aren't super necessary. 
Sure, they're great. You know, they're ancillary. They're fine. You know, they're good. But we're talking about good, better, and best. And on that scale, those things are just good. What about better and best? We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Other things that I see that that tend to trip people up. And I say it's a trip up because they put so much time into this. They're like, well, I need everything to be perfect, perfect before I start or before I grow or before, you know, I need things to look perfect before I go visit the vet. No, you don't. Go to the vet. Talk to them. Write down your phone number on a scrap of paper and say, I'll come back and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this. Keep my phone number on hand or keep my website on hand or something like that. What's the saying? There's a saying that perfect is the enemy of good or something like that. And so, so like I say, I know that kind of conflicts what I just said about good, better, best. But what you want to be doing is you want to be doing stuff that drives your business, not stuff that hopefully one day might turn into one customer. You don't need one customer. You probably need seven this month. And so what's going to get you seven this month? It's not business cards. It's not brochures. It's not your t-shirt. And so what's going to get you 12 clients this month or 20 clients this month or four clients this month? It's not those things. Another thing that I see that holds people up, you know, from really pushing forward is they're like, well, I got to do this perfect. So I need to make sure, should I have an LLC? Should I have a corporation? Should I set it up with this board of directors? You know, should I have this position already done? Should I have my manual already done before I start business? What insurance should I do? These are very good things. Having the right insurance is important. But oftentimes I see people come on these boards and they're wasting time asking other dog trainers or pet sitters or dog walkers about it. Hey guys, what should I do as far as an LLC or an S Corp? Don't ask a dog trainer that. Ask a dog trainer how to get a dog to come when called. Don't ask him about business structure. Or I'll see people come on and say, hey, I, I, need, I need this accounting software or I need uh, this legal help or something like that. Go talk to a lawyer. Go talk to an accountant. Don't waste your time trying to figure out this stuff on your own. Go talk to somebody that's done it before in that industry. Maybe there's some dog trainer out there. I don't know. Like I say, I've got a fairly big business. I don't know what to tell you about S-Corps and, and C-Corps and, and LLCs. I don't know what to tell you about legal stuff. I can tell you what we've done, but who knows if that's what you should do. And I'll tell you who knows if that's what you should do is the accountant, is the lawyer, is the bookkeeper. Those are the people. But too often folks get bogged down in this and say, I need this to be perfect before I even start. When the reality is, I mean, you can start as a sole proprietorship and start doing stuff and start getting clients just with your name and having people write out checks. Now, it's not smart to do that for long. Yeah, you probably need insurance. I'll be honest, I probably was in business for seven years before I had insurance. That's not a smart thing to admit. And so, so take, you know, take some of this with a grain of salt. But at the same time, it's one of these things to where don't waste time screwing around. Find somebody that knows and pay them. And if you don't have the money, go get a client or two <laughs> um, and then pay them and, you know, and figure this out in a way that's fast in a way that's efficient, not in a way that you're spending three hours today on Google trying to figure out the difference between an S-Corp and an L-Corp or LLC. There's not an L-Corp. A C-Corp and an S-Corp and an LLC and a sole proprietorship and all this godlity gook that at the end of the day, you figure it out once and you don't have to think about it again. Get somebody who knows to figure it out for you. What else here? I'm just sorry, guys. I'm just looking at my notes and they're on my phone and my phone went to sleep. Same thing, contracts. Don't go on message boards saying, hey, anyone want to share their contract? Go to a lawyer. What if you get a contract from another dog trainer or a pet sitter or a dog walker and it's crap and now you're using a crap contract? Don't do that. <laughs> and lastly, the thing that I wrote in my notes is even the name. You know, sometimes people like won't get started for weeks because they're just trying to figure out the name. You just needed a decent name. You know, maybe you just need a decent t-shirt. Maybe you just needed a decent business card, but you're taking all this time trying to figure it out. And that's where perfect becomes the enemy of good. Don't 
let your business be halted because you're trying to figure out the name and the right website address and stuff like that. Things can be changed later. You can revise later. You can you can do stuff later. I've changed my name twice in 10 years, you know, to kind of reflect certain things. We had uh, 10 employees and I changed our name. That was a nightmare, you know. But like I'm saying, nothing's ever set in stone. And so don't sit here just wasting your time. Now, I'm talking a lot to people that are just starting out, but I'm also talking to people that are trying to grow their business. You know, maybe they've been in business for years or a year or whatever, but they're in business and they're like, all right, I want to grow. I want to progress this thing. Let me start spending a lot of time on crap that doesn't matter. Let me start spending a lot of time on fixing my brochure. That's not going to grow your business, guys. Brochures don't drive business, hardly ever. Or, you know what, I need to rebrand. So let me go find a, let me go find a better logo and that's what's going to help me grow. No, it's not. It's not. There's two things. That's it. There are two things that you need to do if you're going to start and start fast and start effective or grow your business. That's all you got to be thinking about. Not business cards and t-shirts and brochures and LLCs and S-Corps and contracts. And There's two things you got to care about above everything else. All that other stuff is fine, but not if it's taking away from these two things. I'm going to go to a break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about these two things. So hang with me. I'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy, and I panicked. She was missing hair, stinky, scabby, and I thought, what did I get us into? The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to give him the nutrition he needed. But I have a vet that I trust, and she recommended Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I ordered the first 90-day supply, and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy. He just had a glow and a bounce about him. We've been using Dinovite for the last year, and Happy the Rescue Dog is Happy the Healthy Dog. (laughs) I tell all my friends who have rescues to give their dog the chance at a new start with Dinovite. It's going to pay off for you and your dog for years to come. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm back, and I'm talking about how you spend your time when you're starting or growing your business, because as a human creature, we tend to equate busy with effective, and sometimes that's true. Sometimes you're busy because you're, you know, you're being effective, but often, often it's not true. Often busy and effective are not the case. In fact, there's, what is it called? It's called Pareto's Principle. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but Pareto, and I'm just winging it here because this wasn't in my notes, but this is something I've talked about a lot, so... If I'm a little off on the details, forgive me, you know, send me a note. Pareto was a scientist or a monk or both. I don't remember. But this was back in Italy hundreds of years ago. I don't remember if it was 1700s or 1800s or 1600s or whatever. But anyways, he's this Italian dude. And I believe he's growing peas, right? And he's scientific in nature. I don't remember if he's a scientist or what he is. But he's growing peas and he's tracking what's going on with his peas. And he finds that 80% of the output... 
So all the peas that are harvested come from 20% of the pods, right? Peas, yeah, peas in a pod. So 20% of the pods create 80% of the output, which means that 80% of the pods, maybe they're empty, or maybe the peas inside are rotten, or maybe it just has one pea, or whatever it is, I have no idea. But he found that, that the results, 80% of the results came from only 20% of the effort, let's call it. And so that was called Pareto's Principle because not only did it apply to that, but people have been able to apply that to hundreds and thousands of concepts throughout time. And so scientists have studied Pareto's Principle over and over and over, and they found it in the case of time management. They found it in the case of agriculture, in manufacturing, in all of these sectors, you know, all economies and things like that. They have found time and time again that this concept holds true. It's really weird. Maybe it's not weird, you know, maybe if you're a statistical guy, it makes complete sense. But to me, it's really weird that this concept of 80-20 holds true across a variety of different industries, whether it's a, you know, milk cow to a pea pod to manufacturing a vehicle or whatever. Scientists and thinkers and, and whatnot have found that typically 80% of the results that you get, the good things, the, the output, the pushing forward, 80% of that has come from a result of 20% of the effort. It's very often the case. And sometimes it's off a little bit, 70-30 or 85-15 or whatever, but, but this concept of 80-20 is very much the case. When someone's starting or growing, unless they're aware of this and trying to figure out how to change it, oftentimes 80% of what they're doing will only drive 20% of the results, whereas 20% of what they're doing will drive 80% of the results. And so the key is, how do you find what that 20% is? How do you find what just those couple things are that you need to focus on in order to grow? Well, aren't you lucky because you came here to my podcast today. I'm going to tell you exactly what those two things are. And Pareto is a personal friend of mine, so this, you, you know that this has to be true. So there are two things that you need to focus on. If you want to quickly make money, if you want to quickly grow, and I say quickly being relative, quickly in relative to what you were doing. So if you're kind of farting around doing busy work, and you want to grow faster or start faster, there's two things. Number one is you need an offer that converts. Let me repeat that. You need an offer that converts. Now, when I say converts, I mean an offer that somebody sees and says, I want that. And so an offer that converts is a $10 pizza from Papa John's. People see a $10 pizza and they say, I want that. An offer that converts is a $20,000 Kia. An offer that converts less is a $75,000 BMW. But anyways, these are offers that convert. You know, it's something that a company says, here is what I have. And the public says, I want that thing, product, service, whatever. And so the first thing you need is an offer that converts. Now, I can see people as they're listening to this say, well, duh, I know that. But if people know that, why do so few businesses in our industry do that? Because what people think is, you know, if, if I talk to dog trainers, pet sitters, dog walkers, dog groomers, if I say, what's your offer? The dog trainer is going to say, I offer dog training. Well, whoop-de-doo, there's probably 20 others in your town that offer dog training too. And so how is your offer going to convert when you just offer dog training? So what's different about your offer? Because differentiation is what's going to make your offer convert better versus an offer that isn't differentiated. Because when your prospective clients find your website and that website and that website, and all you guys are talking about is we're dog trainers, and we have group classes, and we have private classes, and here's our price, what are they going to compare you on? They're going to compare you on price and the fact that you offer dog training. What if you offer peace of mind and never having to worry about aggression again? What if you offer 
one more accident with that puppy and that's probably all that you're going to have. What if your offer is you can go up in the woods and let your dog off leash and know that he's going to come back every single time? What if that's your offer? That's different than what everyone else is selling. Now, everyone else says that they're selling that when you dig deep, but on the core, you go to the average dog trainer website and they're like, here's our offer. It's dog training. You go to the dog walker's website. And what's he offer? Dog walking. Why does that suck? Because nobody wants dog walking. They want the results of dog walking. They want a dog who's tired. They want a dog who got to play with somebody during the day and so that they feel better about leaving their dog home for eight hours while they were at the office. That's the result that they want. The dog walking just happens to be the medium with which you do that. But if all you're doing is saying, here's my offer, I walk dogs, who cares? There's five others that walk dogs. And so now it's like, who's the cheapest? Or who's the one that I'd like the best? Or who's the one that will show up earlier? Or whatever. Rather than, who's the one that's the best? Because if everyone's selling dog walking, there's nothing different about what you have. There's nothing different about your offer if you're selling dog walking and he's selling dog walking. What's the offer for a pet sitter? And the pet sitter is going to say, well, I, I sit your pet. You know, I come in and take care of your dog or your cat or whatever. But that's not your offer. Your offer is peace of mind. Your offer is, I know that I'm going to be in Hawaii for this week, and I know I'm going to be freaking out because my dog misses me and loves me, and he's going to be so distraught. I need peace of mind. That's your offer. And yet, how effectively do most pet sitters convey that offer? Very rarely. So anyways, work on your offer, because I can tell you from experience, because my offer is not perfect. I'm constantly trying to tweak my offer and make it better and make it speak to my customers better. But I can tell you that almost every business I run across, their offer sucks at first because their offer sounds exactly like everybody else's. Their offer sounds like you offer dog training, this guy offers dog training. Before I understood this, one thing that I heard all the time, because I've always been a little bit more expensive, but you know, before I was good at differentiating, I would hear all the time, well, these guys are $40 an hour. You're $100 an hour. This was years ago. Now we're like $300 an hour. But anyways, you're $100 an hour. They're 40 Why should I go with you? I don't hear that anymore, like ever. I do hear people say, whoa, you're way too expensive. But never do I hear somebody say, well, you're 200 and something dollars an hour and they are $40 an hour. Why are you, you know, never do I hear that because we've positioned our offering on our website in our marketing, in everything that we do, in our conversations that we have, such that things are different and the differentiation is there. So what is your offer? What's different about it? How does it solve their problem better than the next guys? Now, part of your offering is your sales process. And so a sales process could be as simple as, look, here's the pricing on my website and here's a button where you can buy it. That's very hard to do in the pet industry because people want to talk to the pet professional before they work with them. But on like the most basic level, that's the most basic level of the sales process. A more complicated process, well, I'll tell you some of our like process, it sometimes gets complicated. You know, somebody comes to our website, they fill out a form, and they get a text message immediately, an automated text message, and they get an automated email. And the next day they get a text message and an email that encourages them to come into a discovery session at our building. And then a phone call comes another day later, encouraging them to come. And then they get on an email sequence that encourages them to come. And then they come to our building, and then we've got a sales process that we take them through to attempt to sell them our training. And so you have as simple as, here's our product, buy it, all the way up to, here's multiple touch points, here's some education, here's this, that, and the other, and you come in, and then we do this, and then you buy. And so, so anyways, your offer and your sales process need to go together. And so you need to understand how to 
how to link those two, you know, how to make your offer attractive through your sales process. Because that's where a lot of people do screw up. They've got the best service out there, but they're not conveying that very well on their website and their process kind of stinks. You know, their process is like, hey, call me. And then they're like, it takes them four days to get back to voicemails. And then you same thing on emails and their process is bad. And so, you know, it's hard to sell. So anyways, we're talking about those two things that you need to do that where all your time needs to be spent. Thing number one is crafting your offer. And it's not just as easy as saying, hey, here's what I offer. It has to go into your website, into the copy and text that you write on your website. It has to go into what your voicemail message sounds like. It has to go into what your, your scripting on the phone sounds like. It has to go into what your scripting and face-to-face sales calls is like. But you've got to figure out your offer and figure out that sales process. That is number one. Number one. And this is also the reason why most advertising in our industry fails is because people don't have that process figured out. You know, they don't have that process figured out and they're like, well, let me advertise. Let me get more people to look at my website. When the problem is your website is a salesperson and if your salesperson isn't doing a good job and you pay to put more people in front of your salesperson, it's not going to suddenly start doing a good job. And so oftentimes people think, well, advertising will save me or SEO will save me or getting relationships with veterinarians will save me. None of that will save you if your offer sucks. If your offer does not convey how you're going to improve somebody's life and your sales process easily puts them through that educational process. Make sense? Hopefully it does. Okay. So once we have that offer, then we got to get eyeballs on it. We got to get traffic to it is what we would say in internet marketing terms, but it doesn't have to be internet marketing. But this goes back to what I was talking about before. Getting eyeballs on your offer is not going to happen because you've got a cool pen with your logo on it and your phone number. Nobody ever got a pen or, you know, and it was like, oh my gosh, this pen is fantastic. There's a phone number on it for dog training. I need dog training. Let me call it. Like, I doubt that's ever happened. So don't spend time on logo pens. Who cares about logo pens? It's not going to come from that flyer that you put up at the vet's office or the flyer, you know, that you put up at the grocery store, unless, like I say, the vet is also recommending you. And so getting traffic to your offer the most viable ways, I listed, eh, what did I list here in my notes? I listed three. There could be others. And so let me go on for a few tangents as I finish up here. But for long-term, SEO, which is search engine optimization, which is working on your website and working on links to your website that convince Google that your site is a good place for people to go. So that when they're looking for dog walkers in Sarasota or they're looking for dog trainers in New Hampshire, or whatever, that Google's like, hey, your website's good at providing information about that. And so that's what SEO is. SEO is more long-term. If you need sales tomorrow, SEO isn't going to help you. That doesn't mean don't do SEO. It just means recognize that it's a long-term investment, that you got to, you know, at some point you got to start. And so start now, do it well, and you'll be in good shape, much better shape. So that's long-term. Now let's say it's short-term and you need to get eyeballs on your offer. Don't spend all your time on a t-shirt that's not going to do it. Learn advertising. You know, advertising could be Google PPC, you know, Google AdWords, you know, paying Google to put your ads. It could be Facebook ads. Relationships could sometimes bring you stuff quick, you know, so going to the vet's office and providing value to the veterinarian or the groomer or the pet store or whatever and getting them to refer you. Those things can short-term skyrocket your business. But they're more scary. They're scary because nobody knows how to do SEO. And nobody knows how to do Facebook ads and nobody knows how to do Google ads until they know it. And I know that sounds silly, but I've heard people say this. You know, I've I've seen people come on these message boards and they say, 
hey guys, what should I do about this? And somebody says, why don't you do Google ads? And they're like, well, I don't know how to do it. Like that ends the conversation. Well, guess what, folks? Nobody knew how to do Google ads until they knew. And so everybody had to learn it or hire somebody that knew how to do it. And that goes for you too. But that's where designing the pen is easy. Designing the website and spending all your time on the website is easy. Getting the t-shirt done is easy. Getting the business cards done is easy. There is no rejection involved in doing that. Whereas going to the vet's office to create referral partners, there's rejection involved. So oftentimes people will spend 10 hours working on their logo in order to avoid 10 minutes of what could be uncomfortable at the vet's office. Or people will spend an enormous amount of time working on their t-shirt when they could be spending that time learning Google ads or Facebook ads, but that's hard. You know, it's hard to figure it out and then you got to test and then there's risk and using money and things like that. But the businesses that grow fast or start off and do well are the ones that are willing to make that sacrifice. They're willing to sacrifice what's easy and not terribly effective for the harder thing that might have rejection or loss or loss of investment or things like that. So hopefully this makes sense, guys, and hopefully you've been able to take some good information out of this and, and hopefully kick yourself in the butt if you're finding yourself doing stuff that isn't pushing you in the direction that you need to go. So I also recommend now that you head over and listen to the rest of my podcasts. I got a ton of them at PetLifeRadio.com. Go over to Six Figure Dog Business and you'll find all my podcasts. And while you are doing that, go ahead and open up another tab, TieTheDogGuy.com, and check out what I'm doing and different things that can help you with, with your business. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.